The following is a hoop bowl presentation. Plays it into Trey. Two seconds wide. Trey Slaughter. show here on the Hoop Ball Network that is taking flight. We cover everything regarding the Atlanta Hawks. I'm your host, Brad Harden, recording live from Atlanta, Georgia, and I am recording this on um, the studio's not falling apart. That is uh, the guest, but uh, recording this on Thursday, May 27th, after game two of the NBA playoffs, first round for the Atlanta Hawks, where the Hawks fell short in a second after a second half surge from the New York Knicks in a very untimely cold spell for the Hawks. Hawks will come back to Atlanta tomorrow to host the New York Knicks game three in front of a full capacity crowd at the State Farm Arena where the Hawks have not lost a game since April 15th. I and a special guest who is uh, coming back to the program. And uh, before before we, we get to the guest in the break. I'm going to warn Hawks listeners that this episode may contain some offensive material towards Hawks fans, as we do have a New York Knicks fan in our presence on this program today. So he may say some out-of-pocket things that does not represent the thoughts and views of myself here at Hoop Ball Hawks, Brad Harden, your host. <laughs> but he will be here to talk over some Stuff on the other side for the New York Knicks ahead of a very pivotal game three tomorrow. So we're going to get into all of this after this plug for my bookie. If you like losing money, turn this off right now. But if you love free band, free bands, just like super future, then keep listening. Sports betting is getting huge across the nation and all of my homies love to bet on games. There are a bunch of sites out there for sports betting, but all of my homies Love my bookie. Why? Because it's so easy to use. And since y'all my homies too, I'm going to plug you. All my homies listening right now can sign up for my bookie with the promo code HOOPBALL to unlock a 100% deposit match bonus. 100%. Just like an A-plus in school. Hopefully you got them. But if not, this your chance to get 100%. You like playing blackjack? There are some very fun and free blackjack tournaments, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. There is so much that you can do on my bookie, and the best thing is, is that no cash is required to enter, and you can win up to $100 in daily challenges and up to $1,000 in weekly tournaments. So you want a chance at free cash money? Then again, my homies, sign up with the promo code Hootball to unlock a 100% deposit match bonus and try to score some in the words of future, like I said earlier, free band, free band. All right, and we are back. Ladies and gentlemen, he's back on the program. He's back on the show. Been talking a lot of smack, like a lot of Knicks fans have been, and 
just been just completely wrong, out of bounds. But it'll make for good content. It's going to be a fun show. He called me out on social media because he hadn't been on the show for a little bit, and, and that's on me. I do accept that. But he's ready to walk through the fire that is Hoopball Hawks. Even, even though, you know, he even tried to tell me that the Hawks were going on vacation after next week, uh, hinting that we were going to be out because uh, of the Knicks. And the other disrespect, which honestly is no surprise, some Knicks fans have been very disrespectful in this series. We're going to talk about that a little bit in this episode. Um, and he even tried to dictate how this program was going to go today. So, ladies and gentlemen, I will tell you that ain't no Knicks fan going to come here on home court here on Hooball Hawks and run nothing because we run the A. And we're going to show everybody hopefully tomorrow how we do things here in Atlanta. I can't wait. I can't wait. But Mr. ATL Player Development, Jordan Boldwright, is back on the program. I gave him a very, very wonderful introduction as well as uh, warning everybody about what he, what content he's going to bring. So, Jordan, man, how you been? Tell, tell the listeners what's up. Hey, thank you for having me back. It feels good to be back on here. Everything's been good. Getting ready for this off season starting uh, next week, actually. So, but uh, I'm ready. I'm here, ready for this heat. About to say, off season starts next week. So you're talking about when the Knicks go home, right? <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. Not at <clears throat> all. We play. We, we playing into June. Oh, hey, hey, y'all, y'all, y'all hear the offensive content? It's already starting, guys. So, <laughs> but uh, we're gonna talk about something else that may be offensive to Hawks fans. We're gonna talk about last night's game, although disappointing because we didn't get the dub once again. And I said this the fir- previous two programs here on Hoopball Hawks. Hawks just needed one in New York, and they did it. They won one of two in New York, which is huge coming back to Atlanta because essentially they're in the driver's seat. Where they're coming back home to an arena where they haven't lost since April 15th. They've had a really, really good home record. Actually, in the regular season, the Knicks and the Hawks both had identical home records and identical road records. So, so that just shows how evenly matched these teams are. But and another thing that we we already talked about that this is going to be a very physical series. Officiating was going to be spotty, and last night was further proof. As there are more moving screens not being called by Taj Gibsons and others, or screens where elbows are coming up, and some questionable non-calls in favor of the New York Knicks. But these things, along with the physicality that you know the New York Knicks like to play with, was to be expected. As I said, even John Collins commented on it, saying, "Quote: Screens have been made, elbows have been flying the first two games, and that are illegal." They are not basketball plays. Obviously, the officials have the ability to make their calls, and we have to live with that. Uh, that was a quote from John Collins. But I personally don't think that the Knicks punked the Hawks last night. Like some would you know, probably be led to believe, and obviously Knicks fans that were in the garden may think that. The Hawks just got cold at the wrong time in the second half as they went 11-40 from the floor and 3-19 of 19 from three the three-point line in the second half of last night's game. Then you got to give the Knicks credit where credit is due. They made shots, and they fed off that energy from that ruckus crowd at Madison Square Garden, which was a great crowd, by the way. And to put it simple, Nate McMillan spoke on this today, and I alluded to this in the last episode. Nate McMillan saying, we as the Hawks have to win the scrap game, the fiscal game, 
dot, 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 and the rebounding game, which I've talked about all three of those elements on this program. But I cannot wait for them to come home and see the adjustments they make for game three. So game two, I'm going to toss it up to you, Jordan. Uh, what did you see as a whole? What did you see on the Hawks side? And obviously your biased opinion on the, in view as far as on the Knicks side of things last night in game two. I saw the Hawks get scared in the second half. That's what I saw. Oh, here we go. <laughs> here we go. No, you said no, scared. Um, it, 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 um, like you said, the, the, both teams are evenly matched. Uh, the stats are very similar. Um, I m- My focus was the rebounding battle and yes. shutting out, out, out Capella because Capella, he, he, he helps the Hawks with, with so many second possessions and extra possessions and just, just the offensive rebound, just cleaning up everybody's misses. Um, so that was my biggest thing because I knew New York. We had uh, I knew Nerlens Noel was coming in, kind of banged up, and I knew Mitchell Robinson was going to be cleared for a little bit. So my biggest concern was not letting Capella just feed on the glass all night. So, um, I, I that that was the main thing that really stuck out for the first two games was just the rebounding battle and the interior battle. Because in game one, once Nerlens Noel went out in that second half. The, the paint opened up Trey Young, you know, he, he got to the free throw line. And then in game two, we uh, Noel was healthy all game. So we had a consistent defensive and uh, defensive effort in the paint and, you know, a person getting the rebounds. So that's that's been the main thing that I've I've always looked at. But uh, mainly in the in, in the second half of game two, I feel like Julius Randle kind of kind of got out of his shell like. I don't know if he was nervous, if he was like intimidated by the bright lights and just being in New York and the playoff environment and everything. But he looked really kind of not like himself throughout the first game and a half, really, to about that third quarter. And it wasn't even the first shot in the third quarter. It was more like his second shot, I think, that's really kind of opening up. And New York moves through him. So, you know, however free he's playing, however good he's playing, the offense flows a little bit more freely. So. I feel like that's why game one, we were kind of timid and kind of just moving in slow motion because we go off of him. So as he, he moves, the team moves. And I think once he started to pick it up and he saw R.J. Barrett start to hit his shot, he saw, he saw Reggie Bullock knock down some shots and the offense started to kind of started to get in rhythm. Uh, that was just a few main things that I saw. And then on the Hawks side, it just seemed like they went into the half very confident and then they came out overly confident thinking, you know, like they kind of had the W. And they were kind of in cruise control. And then once they got hit a couple times and they tried to step it up. But once that momentum shift swings and the team, you know, can control and keep that control, it's, it's hard to come back from that battle. Um, and it's, I think that's what the Hawks kind of faced uh, last night. And it's, it is funny, Jordan, that you mentioned all these things because they these were all kind of things in my notes as well, as far as looking at the series as a whole and what I saw from game one, game two. Because if you look at it, game one and game two were pretty similar up to halftime and even through the third quarter, as far as the Knicks throwing punches and the Hawks taking punches. The third quarter, the difference was and we talked about this off air was the bench players for the Hawks having somebody step up because they were pretty abysmal until Lou Will started to get things going and then Gallinari started doing a little bit of something off the bench uh, to counteract the punch that the New York Knicks threw. And in fourth quarter, the the bench played well enough to keep things close. And then the starters came back in for the Hawks and ultimately win this game. Uh, game one, game two, they took punches. Then the second unit didn't help them. And so then they got a little bit behind the eight ball and then the starters did claw back a little bit. But 
I think the physicality for the Knicks definitely took a toll, especially talking about the Knicks front court versus the Hawks front court win. And I'm going to jump ahead to this point that I wrote down. You, If you're the Hawks, you cannot get a combined four points out of your starting front court between Collins and Capella. You just can't. Between oh, the two is, of, is, is, is Collins playing? Yeah. It, 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 at times it seems like he's not playing. Like, yeah. it, it really is. It's like he had zero points last night. He – and I already said this going into the series. I did not expect a lot offensively from Collins because of the defense assignment of him guarding Julius Randle. He's going to be more focused on the defensive end, and I completely get that. But yeah, zero I, points. I, I feel like he would just match buckets. I, I don't expect him to hold be no defensive anchor. If he's trying to get a bag and stuff, he needs to be matching buckets. Like you said, there's no way he should be having – a zero-point game in the playoff game, only two-side attempts, playing 15 minutes. He can't he can't expect the money that he expects and perform like this two games in a row in the playoffs. Like, I get and, he had and he had five fouls, too. Yeah, he got in foul trouble last night, which okay. did not help him. That's why his minutes were so low. But to your, to your point, definitely two shots. You, you can't have two shots and expect a max contract. And I don't know – I'm not sure if you're back on Twitter yet, but I did put a poll out a couple weeks ago and asked if I thought Hawks fans, if they thought that John Collins did enough this year to command max contract money, even though obviously because of how the market is, he's probably going to get that money from someone, especially matching and overmatching probably Atlanta from what we're probably going to offer. But 89% of the people who participate in the poll, 87% of the people who participate in the poll said that he did not do enough. And these two performances did not help at all, at all um, in in the first two games. But I thought defensively game one, he did a really good job on Julius Randle. I thought they did a good job on Randle in the first half. And then once Julius Randle really hit that first three to start the uh, the third quarter off, uh, it, it, it pretty much was kind of the writing on the wall. Like, OK, whatever Tibbs said to them at halftime, they took the heart and they came out swinging. They came out swinging in the second half. And you're absolutely right. Hawks did not match that intensity, and then it was a little a little too late for the Hawks to kind of play catch-up with the New York Knicks, especially when they had that crowd, which was great, but bad in some regards as far as, I mean, you know fans are going to say what they're going to say as far as cheers, but to spit yeah. on a player during yeah, that's, a game. That's where I draw the line at. That, that's just not cool at all. That's just straight up disrespectful. Like, that is – in. They asked, you know, Trey Young if he wanted to press charges. He elected not to, which, I mean, it's a bigger person on Trey Young's part and to not let that bother you. But that is just – and we've seen some incidents in the NBA uh, here in this playoffs of fans kind of crossing that line. We kind of talked about this off air, you know, quarantine's breaking, you know, people getting more uh, more vaccinated day after day, and people finally getting out of the house and they forgot how to act. Yeah, <laughs> and I, sure. I mean, and uh, but on but, but talking basketball related, uh, the Hawks forgot how to how to make a shot in the second half. They they forgot. <laughs> that was that was rough. It was very rough to watch. And I was coming home from work, so I was listening to the game partially, then threw it on at home, and then went back to actually watch the whole game in totality. And it just the, the wheels came off in the second half, and I really thought the physicality of the New York Knicks. Uh, took a toll on the Hawks. The Hawks, ended up, as we talked about, they lost the rebounding margin for a second straight night. 
And like I said, offensively, them being cold was a big factor in them losing. I think those two things were huge in them losing because Trey Young did what he was supposed to do. 30 points, seven assists, 11 of 20 shooting, four of seven from the three. And he was really pretty much the only one that showed up in last night's game. And in the series, he's averaging 31 points per game, 51 percent from the field, 50 percent from three and 8.5 assists per game uh, to speak. Speak something good about Trey Young and the Hawks uh, before I obviously let you say what you got to say about your Knicks. Uh, how, 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 what is your impressions of Trey Young in these first two playoff games? Hey, he's he's playing amazing. I'm actually really shocked at how um, I don't know if it's if he's playing efficient, but just correct. He's just playing. He's he's, he's making all the right reads. Um, he's pushing the ball when he's supposed to. He's keeping it when he's supposed to. I, I don't really think I've seen anything too bad from him um that i would critique i mean the bad shots that he's taken uh you know i'd give him the green light because he's the franchise cornerstone so he could take the bad shots but he hasn't taken i don't think i don't think he's really taken too many bad shots i actually wanted him to pull up uh from the 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 logo a couple times because new york's transition defense is horrible and they kept leaving him when he would bring the ball up court they kept leaving him i know he made one but he had at least three or four attempts that he could have shot. I, I think he attempted maybe two or three, but he mm-hmm. had a, another two or three that he could have attempted just pushing the ball because New York's transition defense and Tom Thibodeau's transition defense has always been suspect. So I feel like they need to take advantage of that going into game three and four. But Trey Young personally, like, hats off to him. I don't really care about making him the villain and all that stuff, but I get what the media is trying to do. But he he's playing exceptional, like, I, I really would like to hate in this segment, but I, I really can't like because he's he's, play, he's playing yeah. well. He's, he's he's playing methodical. He's playing smart. He's taking what the defense is giving him. He's feeding the right players. Uh, like like I said and, and on my video on Instagram, I, I thought Bogey needed to be involved more. And I think he got like eight more shots this game. It's, you know, that's on him to not, you know, for them to drop. But he's getting the he's feeding the right players. DeAndre Hunter stepped up. It's Trey mm-hmm. set him up a couple times. So. I've got I've got nothing to say about about Trey Young as bad as I would want to. I, I guess I could talk about him balding, but I'm bald too, so, <laughs> so I can't say anything. So yeah. <laughs> oh man, I was waiting for that to come out too. I I know you got some ammo over there. I'm just waiting for you to you know let I, it go against, this uh, uh, against Trey Young. I honestly have have nothing. I started balding at 22 as well, so I can't really say anything. <laughs> so oh, man. but 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 you you mentioned two players that that did get it going, and obviously. We alluded to two others that need to step it up in game three. And I'm interested to see, you know, your takes as far as what they're going to do in game three, these two players. But DeAndre Hunter, who you mentioned, uh, it was great to see him. He scored 18 points last night. It wasn't efficient shooting three of 10 from the floor. All three of his three, all three of his mates, uh, sorry, were three pointers. So he was three of eight from the three point line, got to the foul line 11 times, which I love to see. And he was nine for 11 at the free throw line. Played 32 minutes. That's very encouraging going forward, especially because of the what DeAndre Hunter can provide defensively. And if you can get some scoring out of him, Bogey, as you alluded to as well, he had 18 as well, just like DeAndre Hunter, but he wasn't efficient from the floor. And outside of Kevin Herter last night, who scored 10, no other Hawks had double digits or really contributed for real, especially when you only get four points for Capella and then zero from Collins. Uh, uh, too much was placed on Trey Young's shoulder, even though he was efficient last night. And as at, and I'm going to see if you saw this as well. I thought once the physicality 
and they kind of, kind of the air went out of the ball as far as, you know, the Hawks actually making shots in the second half. They started settling, even though they started inching closer, started settling for more jumpers and just kind of it, it looked like they, they did kind of write it off as like, yeah, the Knicks got this game. But the mission, as I said before, was them to go and take one of two from New York. And now they come back to Atlanta pretty much in the driver's seat of this uh of this series obviously they got to play the game tomorrow and they do have to win to officially have control of the steering wheel but i want your thoughts on that second half and uh, what you saw on both ends of the floor uh like yeah like 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 we both alluded to i think the hawks came out complacent i I don't really think they came out really giving the game over i think going off of what happened in game one I think their confidence and everything, I think they felt like the game was over. And that's, you know, that's what happens with young teams in the playoffs. They don't, you know, really finish the job all the way. Like they think they get a good lead and then they kick their feet up. So I think that's just a a lesson learned. I think, you know, they they just took their their foot off the gas. But I I felt like Trey, he stayed, he stayed strong. He played strong. I just think, like you said, he was the only person that really uh, showed up outside of Hunter And, and Hunter kept getting to the free throw line and, he did his thing defensively, but that's not, you know, our number two option. So, you know, he 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 performed a lot better, I feel like, than what is expected from him. Um, so I I I put that loss, you know, strictly on on on, on the Hawks um, outside of Trey Young, because, um, like I said, I, I feel like they came out kind of timid, kind of just, you know, thinking that that they already had had sealed the deal. Um, and then, like you said, they, they started settling for jump shots. And in game one, they were getting to the rim. They were attacking the paint, especially in, in the second half of game one. And then even in game two, they, they came out uh, aggressive and attacking the paint, looking for the floaters, looking for the lobs, you know. Um, and then in, in the second half, it just seemed, you know, they were just kind of just 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 flatlined. Other things going into the program, you're going to be more controversial. Uh, I think it, it, it may come uh, in your game three keys and takes, but. A lot of the it's funny like my notes compared to your notes we we see we're seeing the same things which you know makes me feel good because I mean you know the game of basketball very well so uh, passing it back to me but as far as game three what adjustments for both teams are you going to see going into game three and he mentioned his Instagram videos you guys definitely need to check those out follow him on Instagram show him some love we're gonna give him give out the handle after this episode obviously but. Check him out and get his takes as far as keys and, you know, going game to game as he does a really good job. But I'm going I'm to give you the floor, Jordan, Jordan, talking about as far as game three keys and adjustments that you expect for both teams. Um, I think the Hawks, you know, obviously they're back home. Uh, say that tentatively because this is New York's second home. But Oh, uh, gosh. <laughs> here, we, here we go again. Guys, we, they, they, it they, starts they, off they, here. I guess they're back in Atlanta. I'll say that. So um, I, I I just see them. I, like I said, I see them really putting an emphasis on pushing the ball on on fast breaks. Um, I don't I don't foresee John. I, I really expect that John Collins to actually have a big game. I think I noted that in my last video last game. So him having two disappointing games, him being you know in in his rims uh, or you know in in his gyms shooting on his rims, sleeping in his bed, all that stuff. I think. That'll give him uh, the the peace of mind, you know, to come into this game, uh, you know, more confident and looking for his shot. So I really think that the Hawks are going to look to push the ball on offense. Uh, I, I don't see much that Trey Young can do uh, 
you know, better. Uh, but like I said, just get get everybody else involved. Like 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 we talked about that front court front court battle for the Hawks definitely needs to improve offensively, defensively on, on the rebound side. And Trey Young just needs help. Uh, Bogey needs to shoot uh, shoot more efficiently. If we could get another 18 from DeAndre Hunter, that would be amazing. And my argument is always Kevin Herter. We just got to get him more involved, whether it's in the first unit or the, or the second unit. I feel like he's he's a elite weapon that the Hawks really don't use or don't know how to use or can't figure out when to use him or whatever. But I feel like, you know, those few options, if the Hawks can target the, those players, I think the Hawks uh, can definitely, uh, you know, to be up to one in the, in the series. On New York's end, um, just their core players just need to just shoot better. They shot poorly. Uh, Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett. I think Reggie Bullock had a, a decent game in game two. Yes, but Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett, they've been shooting terrible uh, in the first two games. So if they just have just a, a decent game, I'm confident that the, the, the Knicks can go up 2-1 as well. Um, but I think their, their main focal point will definitely be getting getting Randall going early um now he's got his confidence going he's got his he got the momentum going from last game I think they're gonna look to give him the ball early uh make him uh, allow him to make decisions I think I think this game will definitely see a lot of targeting to Trey Young uh in like the pick and roll trying to get him matched up on Julius or trying to get him chasing like like Reggie around or one of our shooters but I I I can see us really targeting him especially when the game kind of slows down and we need a bucket because like I said, uh, I, I said this in my Instagram video that Tibbs isn't really creative on offensive and New York struggles in stints uh, of, of scoring the ball and, and the Hawks do as well. So I feel like in those stints uh, that the Knicks are struggling for a bucket, I think they're going to look for whoever Trey Young is guarding and just try to go to him to try to get a foul, try to wear him down, try to get him tired. So in that fourth quarter, he's not just, just, you know, just tearing us apart with his floaters and with his lobs. Um, so I think, I think this game three is really open for either party, whoever, whoever comes out correct, like, you know, first to a hundred or, you know, whatever you want to call it. But I think, I think it's really up in the air. If, if New York, you know, has their transition offense, you know, moving that ball, I think they could definitely blow, blow New York out because New York's transition defense is not that great. Well, now on the other end, if, if, R.J. Barrett has a good game. If Julius Randle has a good game, and you know Trey Young has to stay on the court, then you know that's all that's going to be a bucket at all times. So I think the Knicks can can blow them out. I think it could be a tight game. I think this is really I think this is a very important game, and I think it could go either way. It could be a close game. It could be a blowout. It could be a triple overtime game. Like <laughs> I think yeah. I think I think anything is is uh, is up for grabs with with this game three. I'm I'm definitely looking forward to the adjustments because I think Tibbs is great at making adjustments. I think he's very stubborn though. Like I've said this in my Instagram videos, like I knew he was going to play Alfred Payton, and Alfred Payton does not need to be playing the series. I like to see more Emmanuel quickly, more Frank Nielakina out there, um, and even on the on the Hawks and. Um, I think I, I think uh, Gallinari uh, he, he's getting good minutes, but he needs to they need to go to him more because he's he's a bucket. I know his his three wasn't falling, but he's a great mid range option or at least to get Trey off the ball if they go through Gallinari in the post and let him work. I think there's plenty of different options and adjustments that teams that both these teams are, are going to make. I'm just super excited for this matchup. You know, this is what I predicted a couple months ago. I said I said the Hawks were going to be the fourth seed and the Knicks would be fifth. 
So I'm just excited this matchup is happening. I think this is great for basketball. I think this is great for the uh, Eastern Conference. I think it's great for playoffs. So I'm excited for this game three. And I think anything is, is up for grabs. Who, whoever gets to 100 first, really. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about, you know, this this potential rivalry with the Knicks. It, it, as a whole, it's what it could do for the NBA um, after this. But you you said a lot of things that I, I definitely agree. It could definitely go either way tomorrow, uh, tomorrow night. I definitely see the big thing is going to be that second unit for the Hawks. If that second unit and with them having the home crowd feeding those guys where just giving them energy, giving them that burst, um, I think they'll go a little bit. I feel like the rotations for the Hawks have been tighter than the Knicks. The Knicks have definitely played more players, which was a surprise to me going into this series. But I think them being at home, that energy that that crowd is going to provide is really going to lift some some players. It, it can lift a Lou Will, who's a hometown kid, a Gallo, who you said needs to step up and shoot the ball better, Herder, who can always be aggressive. Yeah. And then whatever lineup they choose as far as who is guiding that lineup, whether it's Trey, whether it's Bogey, whether it is Lou, obviously Goodwin is going to be out for the playoffs uh, with his respiratory infection and, you know, get well, Brandon Goodwin. That second unit is going to be really crucial. They're going to – and David Millen said it as well. They're going to have to be physical tomorrow. They're going to have to be scrappy. They're going to have to rebound as a team because it's, it's a tall task. With Noel and Randall, the guards uh, for the Knicks also are really good rebounding guards. That's a very underrated thing about the New York Knicks. So it's going to have to be a team effort as far as rebounding the ball. And you're going to have to get something out of that second unit tomorrow. Uh, Collins needs to have a big game. Capella has has to have a pretty good game as well. Has to have be double-double. Can't have just four points. You got to... You got to have at least nine, in my opinion, if you're a Capella, have at least nine to to 12. You, if you can get Collins at 14 and we'll see with DeAndre Hunter, obviously coming back from injury, still getting into rhythm. But if Trey continues to do what he does and Bogey continues to do what he does as well, you get some help in that second unit. And you alluded to it. When the game is physical and slowed down, that favors the Knicks. I think you're absolutely right. The first one to 100 is going to win this game. And if, the points are further north of 100. I think that lends to the Hawks. And as you said, they need to push it at times, score early in the shot clock. Uh, really don't give the Knicks a chance to set up on defense. Get some easy looks, score and transition on a fast break. And I think those are the keys that are going to lend to a Hawks win in game three. And you said it as well. But you foreshadowed this, the rivalry, the potential rivalry between the Knicks and the Hawks. I think it's great for the NBA. It's it's heated. And and I said this talking to some people off air today, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if you agree with this. Atlanta has to show up. Not I'm not talking about the players because I really think the players are going to show up. Nate McMillan has his team. They've gone against that adversity entire years. They know how this entire year they have learned how to fight, claw, and scrap to get wins. So that I'm not worried about. In the, the, the narrative of the Knicks being a tougher team, I think that's going to continue to motivate the Hawks to answer that physicality, that toughness. But as far as the fans, I need the fans to show up to State Farm tomorrow. 
I need the to Hawks be full fans co- to show up, not Knicks fans, yes. right? That's what you're saying. I, I need the Hawks fans <laughs> to show up tomorrow at State Farm Arena. I want them to give them some Southern hospitality. I need it to be rocking. I need that energy because the, if the NBA can see that, and we already saw what we saw in Madison Square Garden, we talked about this off air. This could be a rivalry that the NBA could ride for the next four or five years, however these cores are together in their respective markets. And I, and I would really love for that to happen because this has been such a fun series. It's only been two games. And we're talking about how fun of the series this has been with the off-the-court antics, uh, the trash talking on the court, uh, some of the, the physical play, the missed calls, the frustrations on both ends, the coming out part. No, well, not the coming out. The resurgence of Derrick Rose in this postseason. So many narratives and storylines that are drawing people back to what makes the NBA great, which is competing in the playoffs. This is it. Both of these franchises haven't been there in in years. Um, obviously, the Knicks longer time than the Hawks, but they're back and they're both relishing in the moment and playing to playing as if. They don't want to go on vacation next week, uh, Jordan. They don't want to come work with you in the offseason and get better offensively, which some of them should. And uh, <laughs> if they listen to this program, holla at you. Holla at you, boy. Holla at Jordan to get right. Hey. But but this could be something that the NBA could really market for the next few years as far as the rivalry. I agree. I completely agree. It's completely. just – I mean, they got – they got 50 out. They got Spike Lee out. Uh, they have, you know, the random, you know, the random, you know, I haven't seen, we haven't still haven't seen Adam Sandler yet. Adam yeah. Sandler had pulled up. Um, I'm really, I'm really saddened by that, that he hadn't pulled up yet, but it's New York. You never know who's going to pull up to the game, but I really love that the Knicks and I'm going to give the Knicks praise. I'm sorry, Hawks fans, but they showed up, you know, their fans showed up and, you know, they had some, you know, some celebrities show up as well. Atlanta has that potential as well. And I'm excited to see, uh, I had a Knicks fan who was messaging me on Instagram saying, that'd be funny if, uh, if future shows up to a game, it's over. It's over. If future oh, shows up yeah. to a game, it's over. You need to perform at halftime. Uh, <laughs> so, right. I can expect future. I can expect Gucci. I can expect two chains. Migos pull up to a game and countless yeah. other, you know, artists, actors, actresses, athletes who live in the Atlanta area. Uh, some people going to pull up and I'm just excited because so Atlanta got to show up because if the NBA can see Atlanta's true fans show up and give a wonderful home crowd advantage to the Hawks, whether it comes to a win or a loss, you know, that's I mean, it has to be played out, obviously, on the court between the lines with the players that we mentioned on this program already. But if we pull up and support the Hawks, going to get more national televised games. We only got four this year. They felt snubbed and disrespected. You have in your moment now you had your coming out party game one. They saw what happens when the wheels fall off for the team in, in game two, which happens. I mean, we already knew it was going to be a long series. And uh, Jordan, I don't know if you listened to um, our program, Hoopball Gaming, here, but I was the only one that picked the Hawks to win out of uh, the panel, which you probably can be like, you know, they're they're smarter than me. And you can say (laughs) whatever you want to say about that. But they were saying five games. Some of them were saying five games. And I was the only one that picked the Hawks, and I said Hawks and seven. Hawks and seven. That'll be interesting. I'm definitely thinking five, five to six for sure. Knicks, of course, but uh, oh gosh, five. Oh yeah, no! Man. Like I no. said, 
Julius Randle is 11 for 40 in these two games. If we could just get him to shoot like 50%, that's a dub right there. But but here but here's 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 what I'm gonna say to that. The defense that the Hawks have played on Julius Randle has been everything I have wanted. Keep him out of the paint, throw different look, throw different looks. You know, double team at times, but obviously not all the time because he's great at passing out of the post and finding an open shooter. But they've done a really good job, especially in game one, of really distorting his passing lanes to keep him from getting the ball to other people. And this, and they forced him into a lot of really bad shots that he didn't want to shoot, which was a key, in my opinion, going into the series, is that if you can do that game in and game out to him, who is the engine of the offense, uh, obviously that's like cutting the head off the snake. Um, it, the rest have to, you know, catch up. And luckily, yeah. D Rose has stepped out. Uh, game one, Reggie Bullock didn't have a point. Well, yeah, he didn't have a point in game one, but then he, I knew he was going to show up in game two, and he did in crucial moments. So the Hawks have to continue to just make it tough on Julius Randle, stay attached to those shooters and other scores uh, at the three point line, and continue to protect the paint and rebound, as you said. And, and I said as well, but that's going to be a tough challenge. I'm going to ask, obviously, you knowing the Knicks before we close the program, uh, Mitchell Robinson, do you know what his current status is? Uh, I, I don't know, but I know last game it was a game time decision, and that popped up like an hour before the game. Like I actually got that notification as I was doing my Instagram video that he was a game time decision, and then I saw that he had tweeted, you know, little eyes or whatever. So I don't know. I guess he's, he, he's gearing up for – a return. I don't know when exactly, but I think, I think that that's a huge piece for for the Knicks if, if we could get him back. I definitely agree. Mitchell Robinson would be a game changer. Another really good uh, rim protector, uh, pick and roll guy, just some, some more size and makes that challenge of obviously trying to keep that rebounding margin respectable game in and game out. It's going to be an even tougher challenge for the Hawks. And I think that's where, as far as we talked about in this program, pushing the pace uh, is for the Hawks is going to be what's going to help them to win the game. But I'm really excited to see their defensive adjustments. I'm really excited for game three. Atlanta pull up, pull yeah, up. I'm trying, I did, I'm, I'm trying to go to it too. I'm asking everybody if they got extra tickets and stuff. <laughs> I'm trying to. Hey, if it wasn't for my day job, being obviously bleeding into the night, I would definitely be pulling up to this game at some point. It's gonna be it's gonna be great. It's just it's great for the city of Atlanta. Playoff basketball is back. You have a you have an opportunity to really show out to the NBA and show the NBA and the world what Atlanta is about as far as fandom and what the Hawks are about. And and, and this is a really good showcase for them. So pressure is on. I definitely think in Game Three. I think. It's going to be more so on the Hawks. Um, I know game one, it was the pressure was on the Knicks and they played to that. And that's where the Hawks uh, kind of stole one and really got some confidence going. I think you alluded to some overconfidence going into the second half of last night's game, which the Knicks got hot. Uh, but like I said, you still want to in New York. New York protects home court as well as anybody in the NBA. Hawks do as well. Have an opportunity to come out. And I really put on a show here in Atlanta. So it's going to be tomorrow night. Um, I can't wait. I fortunately have to work again. But best believe, you know, your boy Brad is going to be watching the game at work. I'm going to be paid to watch the game. Um, But, Jordan, you weren't as disrespectful. Disrespectful. Sorry, I can't talk right now on the program. But it was, you know, great to have you pull up. We'll have you back. 
uh, especially since you were respectful. I don't think Haw- too many Hawks fans are going to uh, report this program for offensive content because of what you said today, because you kept it real. You always keep it real. But I just appreciate you coming on and uh, let everybody know what you got going on. Hey, I appreciate you having me on. It's definitely definitely been too long since the last one, but uh, I'm glad I'm back. I tried to uh, tried to keep it respectful, but uh, you know maybe next time I'll, I'll get in my bag more. Oh but, uh, no! But yeah, no, nah, I just I'm getting ready for the off season. Uh, I got my guys are uh, gearing up to get some work. I got a couple slots available if people trying to work. Y'all can follow me on Instagram at Swissful Athletics. DM me. Let's get some work in. I'm 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 ready. Uh, workout start officially Wednesday. Wednesday till about Labor Day weekend. I'll be in the gym, round the clock. And if anybody has any extra Hawks tickets, let me know. I'm down to be a plus one. <laughs> I am down to be a plus one as well. You heard the man. Hit him up. Follow him. He is giving his breakdowns every game, even though it may be biased. But he's been impartial on them IG videos. So I will definitely throw some support. Um, as far as you know, here on this program, and I just want to let you guys know that the Hawks will be wearing the red uniforms tomorrow with Atlanta on the front and they have not decided what they're going to wear game four on Sunday. And I'm really hoping that they pull up with the MLK jerseys on Sunday. I think that would be fire on Sunday as they may get biblical on the New York Knicks in game four, which I hope so. Uh, But if you love what you heard today, give us five stars, give us good review, share it, tell everybody about the hottest new podcast covering the Atlanta Hawks. Numbers do not lie. Share it with fellow Hawks fans, NBA basketball enthusiasts, new basketball fans, pretty much anyone who is watching this series. Share this podcast with them. Follow us on Twitter at HoopBallHawks on Twitter. That is at HoopBallHawks. Follow myself, Brad Jarrett67. That is Brad J-A-R-R-E-T-T-6-7. As always, sheesh! We will see you guys on Saturday with the new episode after game three. This has been a hoop ball presentation.